Jesus himself played around with this. Jesus would say to his listeners, you have heard, but very truly I say to you. In other words, he was refreshing. He was updating. He was 2.0-ing. But at the same time he was doing that, he was also affirming you shall love God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength and neighbor as yourself. So it's complicated and there's no quick and easy answer. But, but there are parts that we need to bring forward, which is the dignity of God and the dignity of neighbor. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and today we're having a conversation with Bishop Wright about a number of things. But Bishop, it's dawned on me that we haven't seen one another in quite some time because we've had some things going on in the church. We've had a number of things going on. First of all, hello and good to see you again and good to hear from you again. Yeah, we had general convention in Baltimore where the Episcopal Church met and, uh, and decided its mind about a number of issues. It was a shortened version because of COVID protocols. And then we had about a week or so in between. And then uh, many bishops were off to Lambeth, uh, which is the uh, every 10 years, in this case, 14 years gathering of, uh, of bishops, 165 nations uh, represented, uh, just about 700 bishops gathered in England at the University of Kent. Uh, to fellowship uh, and to talk about what it means to follow Jesus, you know, as a global church today. So yeah, I've been a little busy. It's been great. Well, he, uh, here at Four People, we had a number, we had a, a five episode series called Summer Shorts that was really popular. Yeah. We pulled the audience and a number of people submitted questions that you unpacked for them. And then you also had a number of guest speakers on and interviewed uh, really some really fabulous, had some really fabulous conversations through that, which spurred some questions from our audience. And I just thought we would spend some time taking a, f- a couple of those. I Sound love good? it. All Let's right. Do it. So we have this question um, or this statement. I was intrigued by your, this is, uh, let me tell you, this is from Scott Christian from the Diocese of Virginia. He was intrigued by your recent interview with uh, Archbishop Foley Beach. And he said, the one point that I'd like to hear you discuss um, is the notion of literalism and why it's so important in some branches of Christianity as opposed to Judaism or most religious traditions and indigenous faiths who view wisdom differently. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I appreciate that question. I mean, I, you know, people are doing PhDs on this question. You know, I mean, this is a five-day plenary events, but uh, I mean, to try to get to the heart of it is, is that what we were really talking about with Archbishop Foley Beach and and others really is, is that what is the Bible, and how do we hold it? Right. I mean, that, those are the two fundamental pieces, and there, there's there's been there's age old difference about how to how to do that in the Episcopal Church. We hold it a particular way, in other places they they hold it another particular way. Archbishop Foley Beach, according to him, they hold Scripture in a particular way. But 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 let me let me just try to say is 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 that the Bible is a complex book, and it's not just one thing. I think this is what we have to say. It is poetry. It is hyperbole. Uh, it is prose. It is history. It is a document uh, to affirm a certain group of people's, you know, sort of quest for empire. Um, and 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 God is all in it. The story of God, who who we have known God to be 
over many, many, uh, you know, millennia is, is in that. And it, and it takes some practice. And so what, what we're talking about is how do we decide which parts of the Bible to bring forward and which parts of the Bible to leave behind, which parts are ancient and specifically bound to a specific context and, and what are trans, what pieces are transferable. I, I like John Dominic Crossan, a great scholar, uh, who said, uh, my point once again is not that those ancient people told literal stories and we are now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that they told them symbolically and we are dumb enough to take them literally, right? And so Crossan uh, is, is really suspicious of literalism, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and for good reason. And, and here's, a, here's another quote that helps me sort of get to, you know, a, a better answer here. And, and that is what I always have to be on the, on the lookout for is selective literalism is another attempt in a very long line of techniques designed and intended to shape God in our own image. Uh, and that quote comes from a guy by the name of uh, R. Allen Woods. And so, and so the, the stakes are high when we start reading the Bible because we can do more violence uh, than good uh, if, if, if we are really just looking for God to help us and justify our exclusion of, of people, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus himself played around with this. Jesus would say to his listeners, you have heard, but very truly I say to you. In other words, he was refreshing. He was updating. He was 2.0-ing, if, that, if we can say it that way, uh, scripture. But at the same time he was doing that, he was also affirming you shall love God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and neighbor as yourself. So, 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 so it's complicated, and there's no quick and easy answer. But, but there are parts that we need to bring forward, which is the dignity of God and the dignity of neighbor. Right. So so Walter Brueggemann says that those are the two irreducible parts. So the dignity of who God is. Right. God. God is God all by God's self. God is sovereign and we are not. And neighbor has dignity, inherent worth uh, and value. And so if, if you're looking for the quick and dirty, which we shouldn't be listening, looking for. But if you're looking for the quick and dirty, it is uh, love God, love neighbor, do good in the world. Right. Um, and, and, and these are the things that are transferable. That seems to go through millennia, right, right on through. And in fact, the truth of the matter is, if we lived out those two tenets with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, the world would be a much better place. But we get down into looking for justifications to exclude people and all these sorts of behaviors, which is really us uh, lay- layering our sin, blindness, uh, and narrowness over an ancient text. So in the Anglican tradition, we have that that thing called the three-legged stool, right? We've got scripture, tradition, and reason. And, and I'm reminded, I was reminded very recently that when you have a three-legged stool and one thing is out of whack, the stool falls over. Right. And I think sometimes we forget <laughs> that reason is really important to balance the tension between tradition and scripture. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then reason is also the biggest liability, right? Because our, our reasoning is limited, right? And so this is this is why we proceed with humility, right? We proceed with humility. I think I I have a piece of the truth and so do you. And so we've got to figure out how to live together with one another as these things unfold. And this is why I like having conversations with other denominations and other folks who believe differently and even other faiths is because, you know, I don't have to give up what I believe, but I want to hold it gently as I sit beside you. 
because there's something about the mind of God I need to know from your tradition. This is the way God is. God didn't give one group the whole kit and caboodle. And so even even in, in that design that God has designed, you and I have to figure out how to honor one another. And I think w- where we do incredible damage to one another is we say, I've got the truth and you don't have any of it. I've got all of it. You know, I come from, you know, this and you come from only that. And so I've got the whole thing. And every time we've done that over human history, uh, we've looked back years later, centuries later, and we look and see the carnage that we've caused uh, over people. And so when will we learn that this book is a gift? Uh, It's the lives of men and women, of people with God. All of our failings are included in that book. All of our pettiness is included in that book and our better moments with God. Uh, and our, you know, sort of our ideals are there as well. And we've just got to hold them gently uh, and live this thing out. All right, friends, we're going to be right back after this. Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People. Keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. We would like to invite you to Imagine Church at the Center for Racial Healing on August 27th. Join the center, the youth of our diocese, and friends for a worship centered around brave spaces and tough questions. Register in episode description. And now back to Four People. Welcome back to Four People. Uh, Bishop, we're on a roll with the Diocese of Virginia uh, because we got another question from... Shout out to the Diocese of Virginia. That's right. Come on. We got another question from John Brown from McLean, Virginia, uh, who said this. He said... Uh, He was struck by something you said in your conversation with Archbishop Foley Beach, that God is loquacious and speaks beyond what is in scripture. And he confesses, he said, at my Episcopal school growing up, I learned that physics, chemistry, and biology was creation and that we could learn God's will by studying them as well as scripture. Yet when he shared this with his Roman Catholic wife, she practically spat out her teeth. <laughs> so is he on theologically sound footing here? In what ways might he know the will of God outside of reading scripture? Wow. Okay. So we're just having a day with the Bible here, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, uh, and a lot of friends in the Diocese of Virginia. So, so uh, thank you for your questions. Well, I, I think we're on very solid foundation um, if we are looking at Scripture and if we are looking for um, complements to Scripture. Um, I think even Scripture uh, looks to nature and to beauty uh, and to natural complexity as a way to point to the mind of God. Uh, Psalm 8 is one of my favorites, what I consider the sun, moon, stars, the planets in their courses. Uh, you know, the, the, the psalmist is driven to a moment of deep devotion by considering the genius of God in hanging the planets like Christmas lights. Um, when I think about Psalm 1, uh, that uh, you and I are to be like trees planted by the rivers of water who bring forth fruit, fruit in due season. So, and, and even Jesus, Jesus is looking at, at nature. He's looking at, at fig trees that don't bear. He's looking at grains of wheat that give us metaphor uh, for what a life broken open 
uh, should look like. So I think we're on really firm, firm footing. So, so you update that, fast forward that by 2,000 years. What can we know about God with these new images coming back from, the, from this, I think it's the Webb telescope? What can we learn about the, the vastness of God? And how will that give us perspective as we live on this little blue ball uh, uh, just a little ways from the sun. So yeah, I think we're on firm footing. I think we also have to realize that God didn't stop speaking. We could not have captured all of God's mind in 66 books, right? And so I think we use scripture, we have some facility and command of scripture, and then we use that uh, as a jumping off point to then look at my backyard, and the owls and the hawks and the foxes in my backyard and, and, and try to understand myself not as above creation, but as a part of creation. That's the mind of God, right? Or what we're doing to the planet, the violence that we're doing to the planet in terms of pollution and water and all that sort of stuff. So that is also the mind of God. We've been given this rich, beautiful, pure gift, and we've defiled it. I think there's something to know about God there. Right. Um, you know, I was in the uh, Georgia Aquarium the other day and I was I was noticing the, the sort of millions of millions of years journey uh, with sharks. And I was noticing how many times they have that whole species has almost gone extinct. But somehow uh, the genius of their design keeps coming back, keeps coming back you know, bigger, better, and, and stronger. And so I think we're on firm ground to look at science, to look at beauty even to look at math, the Muslims look at math and architecture, design, all that. I think all of those things can point us to the divine. So absolutely. So we, we're not left only with scripture, though scripture is a significant resource. Uh, Jesus often looked beyond. He often looked beyond, you know, the word. He loved Isaiah. He quoted Isaiah a lot. He, he was, a, you know, a good little boy. I, he, I'm sure he learned all of his Torah and all of that sort of stuff. But he also had this mind, you know, sort of framed by that. You know, he looked out. Think of it this way. Um, you know, I am not a musician, but I appreciate music. And, and I know that some of my um, favorite musicians are these people who had absolute command of the standards and the scales, et cetera. And it's because they had command uh, of the scales and the standards that they were able to take these gorgeous flights. I'm thinking of jazz music here, right? John Coltrane in particular. And so the flights that they took were tethered to the standards, were tethered to the scales, but they were nevertheless flights. This is what Jesus does when he emerges. And so, yeah, I think we're on firm footing to think in terms of who scripture tells us uh, that God is, and then look for that uh, all around us and to be affirmed by that. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, friends, we're always so grateful to get your questions that Bishop Rob can then uh, answer. And try to answer. Try to answer. Exactly right. He does a great job. Thank you for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. You can subscribe to Four Faith. You can subscribe to Four People and leave a review. We'll be back with you next week.